Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the podcast. You guys have been fantastic lately. We've had a lot of viewers or listeners, YouTube, uh, podcast, everything lately, and the numbers are really pumping up. So we're really, really excited to see that you've been sharing this podcast with your friends and your family. But we need you to help us with something today. If this is your first episode, enjoy this one. It'll be a banger. If this is your second, third, fourth, fifth, we need your help. We want to get more listeners to our podcast. Our goal is to get to a thousand listeners per episode by the end of the year. And so what we need from you is one of two things. Either leave us a review on iTunes or share a podcast with someone you think can help this out. If you could do one of those or both, we would absolutely love you and we appreciate it. This is all a labor of love and we look forward to continuing to bring you value. Anyways, into today's episode today. So we have done a series of episodes throughout the podcast existence going on two plus years now on the basics of information that you need to know, kind of like an outline. You need to know these key pieces in order to have success, whether it's getting a mortgage or real estate or investing or these types of things. And so we realized that we haven't really had a full episode on how to pick a mortgage product. You know, this is a conversation that we actually have with our clients uh, in our mortgage planning process in some more depth and more specific circumstances. But today's podcast is really going to help you understand some of the things that you should be thinking about when you're picking the mortgage product. This, again, this is going to be extremely important for you as a, as a, a potential mortgage uh, applicant yourself. Uh, is a real estate agent like massively important. Um, and of course, as an investor, again, no brainer because you want to understand why you're picking certain products or solutions and terms and amortization periods and rates and all that kind of fun stuff. So we really walked you through the A to Z of everything that you need to know um, in this episode. So again, how to pick a mortgage product. There's a lot happening in the world. There's a lot changing. We're hearing uh, different lenders consistently coming out with different guidelines and so forth. So this will give, give you the baseline that you need to have success. Now, again, this episode is brought to you by Thrive Mortgage Co. I'm one of the proud partners with my partners, Dean Lawton and Derek Williamson. And uh, in case you don't know who we are, we are a Vancouver Langley, actually, based mortgage company who helps clients create wealth in real estate. We're uh, three partners. We've got 12 amazing team members. And daily, our goal is to bring more value to you than we ever receive. If you want to learn more about uh, working with us, please visit our website at thrivemortgage.ca or find us on Instagram at Thrive Mortgage Co. at the YVR Remo Show. And we'd love to see you there. Anyhow, enjoy this episode. We'll see you on the other side. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. Okay, so another foundational episode is the purpose of our conversation today. In regards to what we do here every single day, you know, right before the show, we were talking about this is creating an opportunity for our clients to be so well educated when they speak to us that the conversation is more about their specific individual situation as opposed to just generally what is a mortgage. And and what we're talking about today is so 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 impact. In fact, it's it's almost everything as it comes to the actual product selection. Um, and we're going to talk about how do you even pick a mortgage product? Where do you start? What's out there? 
what timelines should you consider, budgets, affordability, all these key factors that are play such a big role in the financing experience. And believe it or not, and Derek, I'll let you take this on, this is something almost no one thinks about when they walk into their bank to first try to get pre-qualified for the mortgage. Yeah, I mean, there's very little education out there on these products, we find. Um, and I actually personally find that when most people um, come to work with any of us here at Thrive, the main goal is to figure out what they can achieve. And they're not really thinking about the product that's going to fit you know, their situation, their needs um, as well. So when this conversation comes up kind of halfway through the process, it's, it's interesting how eye-opening it is to everybody that we're working with. So um, we'll just kind of start off with a brief overview of the couple different products. There's a ton of products out there, but the main kind of three products that we typically see clients taking on. So there's a fixed rate mortgage, which is very, very common. Um, a lot of people that aren't in the industry suggest fixed rate mortgages just because it is conservative, comfortable approach, um, but there are some flaws in the product. So a fixed rate product is essentially, if you take a four-year fixed, you are locking in that specific interest rate for four years. So you're guaranteed that rate, you're guaranteed that payment, and that's what a lot of people like about it. Uh, some of the flaws is the rate is typically higher than a variable, and the penalties can be dramatic if you're trying to get out of that product early. Um, the other product, which is very, very common, especially right now, uh, is the variable. And I know when a lot of people don't know a ton about the product, it screams risk. So we take a lot of time to, to educate our clients on the good and the bad. And uh, this is a very, very flexible product. Right now, the rates are dramatically lower than the fixed rates. Uh, the, the flaw, I guess you could say, is that the rates can and will change. So when the Bank of Canada makes rate adjustments, variable rate borrowers, rates and payments will go up or down with prime. Um, the penalties are dramatically lower, three months of interest. So overall, a more flexible product, which we'll dig into a little bit more as we go through the episode. And then the last main product is a line of credit. So it's actually technically not a mortgage. It operates just as your you know, you might have a $5,000 line of credit with your bank. It operates the same way. You can draw from it and pay it down. You have the ability to make interest-only payments, and there's no penalties at all. I would say the main flaw in the line of credit is if you don't take advantage of principal paydown, you can kind of get stuck without paying your mortgage balance down, and you are going to be paying a higher interest rate. As an example, you know, currently variables are around 1.4%, one5 line of credits around 2.95. So it is quite a bit higher currently. So those are the three main products. There's a couple other one-offs that we will, you know, sometimes dive into, but those are the main kind of uh, decisions you have to make when you're, when you're picking your mortgage product. You made a point when we just kind of started here where, you know, a lot of clients don't even know what to pick and, and they, they do rely on, you know, just our advice or the bank's advice when they walk into the bank. And it's really important to educate yourself on these products. So I'm glad we're doing this because, you know, a lot of times you walk into the bank and the bank is giving you a very biased opinion on what they think you should take. And a fixed rate mortgage is by far the most profitable product for the bank. And they will tell you to take a fixed rate mortgage and they'll tell you all the pros about a fixed rate. And there are some, you know, there are cer certainly some pros to a fixed rate mortgage. But a lot of times it will cost you a lot more money than any other product. And the bank knows that. And the bank is simply looking out for the profitability of their business, not not the profitability of your 
your pocket. Well, I mean, so thinking about decision making and talking about products, so Derek, great overview of uh, some different styles of products. So uh, what Derek just covered there was, you know, fixed, variable, home equity line of credit, and and so forth. And those are the kind of like key compartments of the product type. So we'll dig deeper into like the different variations, but more importantly, how you pick one, because we could talk for fixed rates for six hours, right? Um, I think what's important to add on top of this and just to for, for those listening that want to create a distinction, there's often confusion around things like closed, open, term length, amortization. So just to give you the quick Coles notes on that, basically every time you take a term with a lender, one, two, three, four, five term, it's almost always a closed term. Short version, it means if you get out early, you're going to pay a penalty. And we'll talk about penalties and fixed rates in a second. Open is a great short-term solution. Obviously, the interest rates are higher because you can leave easily, but there's no prepayment penalty. You don't often see someone taking open term if they're you know, buying their first home or second home or upgrading. It's usually someone who's doing a transitionary period or maybe they're just waiting three to six months to sell their home or doing a renovation and need access to money because the cost of the penalty would be higher than just paying the higher interest rate. So again, that's why these conversations are so freaking important. And there's thousands of other products out there. So this is very high level. So why don't we just do a quick, I mean, because fixed rates aren't all bad. Like there's some advantages of doing it and there's some times where it makes sense to have that type of fixed rate mortgage product but it's dependent on somewhat the rate environment. So this is where it comes in. How do you pick your mortgage product? So Derek, why don't you just take a, give us a, a quick, maybe a lead over into how you might suggest a fixed or variable rate could make sense for a client and how the interest rate environment takes uh, a hold of that and where that comes in. Yeah, I mean, there's a handful of things to consider, such as your timelines, right? Like if you, which we'll dig into further, but you know, if you know that this is a two-year property, if you have plans to move to Calgary in two years, you should not take a five-year fixed rate mortgage because you're likely going to break this mortgage in two years, which could trigger a massive penalty. You know, if you're getting into your starter home and, and maybe it's not your dream home, maybe it's a one-bedroom condo and you're living there with your girlfriend and you have plans on growing a family, like that's probably not a forever home, right? Probably not a good product to take a five-year fix because you're going to outgrow it and you're going to want to move and you will likely break your mortgage and trigger a penalty. So timelines are huge. Um, budget and affordability, like the variable is very appealing, especially when you look at the late, the rates right now, it's like hard to say no to a variable because they're so amazingly low, but you also have to go into that product knowing that rates and payments will go up. It's bound to happen at some point. So you have to be comfortable knowing that that's going to go up. And if you set your budget around this almost falsified low interest and low payment, what, what happens when rates do go up 1%? Can you afford that month over month? Is that affordable for you, right? So budget's really important. Um, risk tolerance and personality. Like maybe somebody can afford their pay their payment to increase with a variable, but they get super, super stressed out about this kind of thing, right? And if, if you're losing sleep at night because of your mortgage, as much as a variable could make financial sense, like if you're losing hair and losing sleep, probably not the product for you, right? It's just pick the right term on a fixed rate product. So risk tolerance, budget and affordability, timelines, flexibility. Flexibility is really important for a lot of people. You know, I find that some people, once they get into the real estate market and they see how, how much wealth can be created and how the equity is produced over time, we have clients that want to refinance every single year because they want to use that equity for something else. Maybe buy another rental, invest in the stock market, do renovations, whatever. So in that situation, the variable makes a ton of sense because the penalties are next to nothing to do so. So flexibility is really important. Um, and then I think just last thing, depending on the product that you think you're going to go with, 
there's different lenders and they have different ways of calculating penalties. Like the banks typically have the highest fixed rate penalties that you'll see. There are different types of lenders that have lower penalties. Um, there are products where you might see an amazingly low interest rate, but it's not a good product because the penalties are five times higher and there's no prepayment and you can't port, right? So I think those are kind of the key components that you have to think about is timelines, budget, risk tolerance, flexibility in your mortgage, and then what lender you actually end up with. And, you know, a lot of people will consider an open product when it's a short timeline and they know that they're, you know, maybe it's like six to eight months. I find you really have to be very, very accurate with those timelines or you will pay too much. You know, we've done cost scenarios where if you exceed really eight to nine months in an open product or like a home equity line of credit product, which is obviously an open product, um, you will pay more than what that penalty would cost you if you took the variable over over a nine month period of time. So it, it's it's really it's really you really got to be tight with those timelines or else you know we're looking at very different numbers. So timelines are so important. And I think the hard thing about that is like you ask someone getting into the market, how long are you going to live here? Nobody knows. You could live there for 30 years or you could live there for one year, right? Like it's a very hard question to answer. But when you have a lot of uncertainty, it'll help you make the decision like a five years, probably not the best bet, right? Or maybe the variable is a, is a good route to go. You know, the I, this is what I tell all clients. If they have no clue what their plans are with this property, the average Canadian does break their mortgage around the three-year mark. So if you just want to base your decision on stats, if you're going to go fixed, you should probably take a three or four year, right? If you want to fall into the stat, if you, if you have absolutely no idea what your plans are for timelines. The one thing I did want to talk about on to, to both you guys' points is really current market conditions in addition to that, right? So, uh, you know, I don't want to date the episode per se, so I won't date it, but we're in a current timeline where interest rates on all fronts are relatively low. A few years ago, and this happens every few years, interest rates were a couple points higher, so 1%, 2% higher. And the, the product solutions at that time and the advice can be slightly different, although the principles should remain the same around what Derek said about how long you're going to be in the loan or the home and what's going to happen before you refinance. Like Those principles should be your number one. But once you've figured out what that looks like, you need to start to look at the, the current conditions. And that's, again, part of where we're tuned in, uh, obviously, reading and understanding where, where the economy stands right now, what's impacting the fixed rate, what's impacting the variable rate, and what's happening. There was a brief period of time, again, where a two-year fix was a better solution at that time than even maybe a variable rate for a lot of people because there was more value to be had there. The climate was really unstable. We didn't know what could happen. And it gave you that nice, happy medium between a high penalty, you know, two years, usually people are going to be in their home that timeline, or at least they can predict that far out. And or obviously the variable rate being a little bit lower in terms of total cost. So market conditions can take a big play. And I think it's important to quickly note that Fixed variable rates are based on two completely different factors, although sometimes we see the banks, you know, tie them together a little bit. Uh, you know, fixed rates are based on where the bond yields are. Again, we'll do that in a separate episode. I think we'll talk about just fixed rates in general in a separate episode. But uh, variable rates are tied to the Bank of Canada, what happens there, and the discounts are obviously another factor altogether. So it's important for someone to understand that these factors are uh, different and they do impact you in different ways. But your current market climate in the financial space has to be a portion of that conversation as to what could happen. I wish I had a crystal ball, but at least we look at what's going on at the time. Well, it's a really good point because we have, there are predictions always in interest rates and nobody, you know, sometimes they come to fruition, sometimes they don't. <clears throat> but the talks are that, you know, we're going to see Bank of Canada rate increases towards the end of 2022. So maybe a year and a little bit away. 
right? So if that happens, that directly impacts line of credit and variable rate borrowers. Like your rates are going up if and when that happens, right? Now, on the other hand, a month ago, we saw fixed rates come down and now they're going back up, right? So, but overall, variable and fixed are amazingly low, amazingly low. So does it make sense to get into that fixed rate while the rates are really, really low before they start to go back up to normalized levels, right? So these are things you have to consider when, when, you know, making that final decision on your product. All right, so bringing it back to the home equity line of credit piece that Dean had mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago, the part that is important to know there is that you need to have a, at least 20% equity in the home to get any form of line of credit or use from a line of credit. Dean did make a very good point to point out that uh, you need to have 35% equity for it to be an entire line of credit. And what that means is your entire property could be up to 65% in a line of credit with the remaining 15% in a mortgage and you have to leave 20% in the property. And that's how you can use that. It sounds like a lot of numbers and a lot of percentages, but the reason I suggest that is because often you walk into the bank and the first thing they say is, even if you're putting 5% down, it's, hey, do you want a line of credit? Where you can't even actually access your line of credit. And that causes a lot of confusion with a lot of people that we talk to around having it, not having it, what does that look like, why am I doing it? And it's not that you can't use it at a later time, it's just that it's not useful for that time. And that's where there's a lot of confusion around that piece alone. If you are considering a home equity line of credit, if that's the product for you, a, a, a bank is likely gonna be your, your destination. Some monolines have them, I think just one does, but here's a perfect example. I had a client, Renewal, uh, came up with First National, who's a great lender. Uh, they don't have a home equity line of credit and this client really wanted a home equity line of credit. And that's the only reason they're leaving First National at maturity date. And so that's a that's a really good reason of why you would you know choose a bank in, in that case or, or a, uh, a credit union. When we talk to our clients about rates and products, a lot of people look at the variable and they're like, okay, or the line of credit, sorry, they look at the line of credit and they say, okay, well, it's prime plus a half, 2.95. Why in God's name would I take that when I can get a variable at 1.4%? So the answer to that, typically the situation that we see people taking a line of credit, usually three reasons. Number one, if they have far more than the 20% equity or down payment and they're just setting up a line of credit for a safety net just to have access to, 100% recommend that if you have the equity and you qualify to do so. Um, number two, we have some clients that will take a line of credit just because they want the smallest possible payment, right? Because on a line of credit, you have the ability to make interest only payments. So the flaw in that is obviously you're not paying down principal of your mortgage. But if it's a, you know, maybe a rental property and you just want to produce cash flow, maybe that's your retirement plan and you don't really care about principal pay down, you can make an interest only payment, which is going to be quite a bit lower, which can help you with cash flow. And the third is, you know, if somebody is maybe closing on a pre-sale that they bought three years ago and they're going to sell it right away, we'll sometimes do a line of credit because there's zero penalty. So if you plan on maybe flipping a house or, or whatever the situation is, if you plan on paying that mortgage off very, very quickly, um, the line of credit can be good because as much as the, the interest is a little bit higher, you're gonna offset that cost by having zero penalty to break the mortgage. Yeah, a few other reasons too is just around the Burr program. Like if you're buying a property, we've talked about this in previous episodes, but if you're buying a property to renovate, re you know, rehabilitate it and then refinance and, and rent it out, home equity line of credit makes a lot of sense for a lot, just the same reasons you just mentioned, you know, low payments, 
you know, increase cash flow while you're building is, is super important for a builder. Uh, and then the ability to quickly, you know, refinance and have no penalty costs is, is also, uh, uh, you know, a huge value. And then again, just, you know, somebody might be thinking like, why would I ever only want interest only payments and not pay down my principal? One other reason would be a tax advantage. So, you know, if that is an investment property, there are some tax advantages to having a higher interest rate. And, and you know, we're not going to get into the minutia of that, but um, something to definitely talk to an accountant about. And then also another uh, reason that we've talked about this on a previous episode is just around the Smith maneuver and how that that program can really, or sorry, that product can really assist that program. And, and it's the key driver of that program to ensure that you have that tax advantage again with the line of credit and the ability to, you know, reinvest that money. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of really good reasons why you would take a higher interest rate with the home equity line of credit. Uh, the other thing to note here is that there's, uh, and we touched on this briefly here, but there's a wide variety of different types of lines of credit that you can get out there. Uh, we've previously talked briefly about the Manulife One. Um, there's private lines of credit, reverse mortgage lines of credit, uh, and, and a lot of other things. I think the key to all this is that it's readvanceable. This is money that you can borrow and pay off without having to pay a penalty on it, which is why the cost is a little bit higher. It's a little bit harder for the, the lender to determine the specific amount of money that they're going to earn on this this uh, line of credit, which is a part of the reason that they, they want to see a mortgage because that's a, a steady amount of interest that they're going to be receiving for the most part, or you're going to pay a penalty to get out of it. The benefit to you is, and again, Dean, Derek, we've all talked about this, is you, you got to stop looking at the interest rate. You got to start looking at the total cost. You got to start looking at your cash flow. You got to start looking at your goals. Um, we find that the first thing that people will come to us and say, if they haven't had this kind of information in the past, or if they're not one of our previous clients is, Hey, what's the rate? And again, we talk about this all the time on the podcast. Like there's 30 different things that we got to ask you before we can even determine. I get the question daily. It's, oh, is it one? Is it two? Is it like, there's so many different factors at the end of the day. It's what are you trying to do first? Like if I'm walking to a car lot, it's just like, what's the car price? You know what I mean? Like, well, do you want a car? Do you want a truck? Do you want a sports car? Do you want a leather? Do you want a sunroof? It's the exact same thing in lending, but even more complex. And there's just so many other factors around it. And then what do you qualify? What do you not qualify for? Uh, home equity line of credit products are uh, either underrated in many ways or under misunderstood in most cases. And that's a common thing that I've seen. To round out the product types in the selection and how you choose it, again, if our eyes are open and our minds are open, different solutions, different products, we want to suggest that there are some other types of products available to you. And you can start looking at these uh, in the case that you need cash flow. We had Fraction join us for a previous podcast. You know, this is a unique product type that you could choose in this situation. You need a lot of cash flow, meaning you ha you don't have to make any payments um, and you maybe don't qualify for conventional financing. So, so again, you might choose that if you don't want to make any payments at all and or you don't qualify for the mortgage. So another consideration to start to look at uh, outside of um, just the general line of credit piece. I was part of a, a meeting uh, two weeks ago now about a new lender that's uh, planning on coming into the market in 2022. And their goal is to offer financing on properties up to $2 million in certain locations uh, with as little as 10% down. And I bring that up because of how they've structured the product. Um, that might sound just ridiculous. You're buying a $2 million property. You have a $1.8 million mortgage. Who can afford that, right? Pretty tough to qualify, number one. Number two, budgeting is, is huge. The, the bigger down payment obviously helps decrease payments. So what they've done with this product to make it a little bit more uh, feasible is 65% of the mortgage is going to be structured as a line of credit. 
so that you have an interest only payment on the bulk of the loan. And only, you know, I guess 25% of the loan would be structured as a mortgage with principal and interest. So it's interesting to see that, you know, markets are changing, lenders are coming out with new products that we've never seen before, uh, while we're at, you know, these absolutely insane market conditions. We're seeing more lenders come back into the channel, more competition, more creativity when it comes to products, offerings, rates, everything. Like this is a really great time to uh, get a mortgage or buy a property. It, it, it honestly, it couldn't be a better time just with, you know, our experience in the industry. It honestly has never been this good. It's a great time to work with a mortgage broker because more options available. And I mean, listen, you got a couple nerds here and that's not even just us. Our, our entire team can talk about this stuff with, you know, for, for a long time. And if we got this much it, with no notes in front of us, if we've got this much knowledge right now, imagine what we could do with asking you a couple of questions just to understand your situation. So it's just another key advantage. I mean, I'll push ourselves there to work with an expert when it comes to this stuff, really. It's so, 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 so key. Um, timelines, you know, we touched a little bit on timelines for how long you're going to keep the loan. Uh, something that's often not taken into consideration is timelines to getting the mortgage. We're in an extremely competitive uh, purchase environment right now. Uh, we have refinances that need to be complete extremely quickly and so forth. Sometimes when we're picking a lender and a product, we have to pick based on who could fund us in the timeline or approve us in the timeline we're working for the most efficiently. So if you got you know this option over here at you know 1.3 and this one at 1.35, we might need to look at the 1.35 to provide you the solution you're looking for purely based on your goals. Like it's no, there's no point in comparing rates and terms. I mean, shouldn't say terms, but there's no a point in comparing just a simple rate if that lender isn't going to be able to help you achieve your goals. So sometimes when you've figured out what it is, I'm going to go variable, I'm going to do three year or five year, whatever it is. At that point, the lender type is taken into consideration when it takes how long to get you approved. Yeah. Good point. Something to consider. Always something to consider. Let's just quickly touch on um, lender types and how we pick a lender type as, from a high level perspective. We touched briefly on, you know, charter banks. Uh, we have, uh, I'll call them secondary or challenger banks, which nothing wrong with those at all. Uh, uh, credit unions, monoline lenders, private lenders, mortgage investment corporations that are portioned that and so forth. Any overviews and, and thoughts on, on how you might recommend, you know, a bank versus let's say uh, a monoline or a credit union guys? Yeah, I can jump in there. I mean, if you, if you are considering a fixed rate mortgage, if that's important to you and, you know, we've covered all the reasons and agree that that's the right product for you, I would suggest a monoline over a bank for, for that type of a product. And the reason being is their penalties are typically lower. Uh, so you're typically going to pay less when you need to break that fixed rate mortgage. Hopefully you don't have to break the fixed rate mortgage, but when you do, you can, uh, you can expect a, a lower penalty than you would at a bank. Also, they typically have a higher prepayment privilege and, and we won't get too into the weeds there, but basically what that means is you can essentially pay, say, 20% of your mortgage off per year without a penalty. Banks are usually lower than that. They're usually around 10 to 15% depending on the bank. Um, so for those two reasons, if you're looking at a fixed rate mortgage, I'm going to be leaning towards a monoline first and foremost. And I think over and above the product, I'll just say one thing is monoline lenders, 100% I agree with you, Dean. Uh, if you're going fixed, they typically have uh, a much better penalty calculation that's going to be cheaper for yourself. The one thing that we find is the banks can be a lot more lenient. So if we need an exception to get you a little bit more money to get you, you know, an extra 50,000 on that mortgage, we're leaning on the banks in those situations. So sometimes as much as, you know, the penalties might be higher, or maybe that's your reason to go variable, right? If you are going with a big bank, but we do a lot of business with the banks and it's because, you know, they're helping us in achieving 
mortgage qualification that we can't at some of these online lenders. So qualification is just so important is my is my point here. You know, sometimes we have to work with a credit union because of how they're looking at rental income. Maybe we have to work with a specific bank because you're buying in a holding company. So, you know, we try to help everyone pick the right product, but sometimes we are limited based on situations. If we're recommending a lender or institution, again, it's, it's generally a, a large company or a company that uh, has been around for quite some time. And again, there's not any concern if this is a company you haven't heard of or something of that nature, because the reality is unless you've been a mortgage broker or you've been looking at all the different companies that lend, you haven't heard of 95% of the companies or banks or credit unions that are even out there. Like most people know like five names of companies and it's the big banks because guess what? They've been advertising to you since the day you were born. They gave you the booklet when you walked in there. They sold you on everything, uh, you know, how to save, how to do this. And guess whose benefit that was for for them because you would rem remember their name in the future. So just because you haven't heard of a lender, especially when it comes to money, listen, money's money. It's all the same. You don't have to worry. We're not the United States. Uh, we have a lot of protection in Canada. Yeah, really good point. It comes up all the time. You reference First National and just red flags are going off in people's mind, right? But you're, you hit the nail on the head with, you know, we wouldn't be placing any of our clients with a lender that we didn't have trust in and have worked with before and we understood their products. Uh, you know, we're in this for the long haul. And uh, if we place any of our clients with a lender that wasn't suitable, um, I can't imagine you'd be coming back. So that is not in our best interest or yours. So yeah, great point. Let's say you made it this far in the uh, podcast, which means you're really enjoying the content. And if you're enjoying the content, but you haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, I implore you, that's the one thing that you could do for us today that'll take 30 seconds of your time go on your apple podcasts or uh click on the link um and search us up ybr remo show leave us a review on whatever platform you can send us a message at the ybr remo show on instagram at thrive mortgage co um on instagram as well let us know what you're thinking and how it's impacting you and if you are excited by the things we've talked about you probably need to work with us so send us a message whether you're a real estate agent uh, or a potential client and let's see how we can help you out guys as we finish off the episode here today talking about how to pick a product you know we've covered everything from uh, overview of fixed variable closed open HELOC no HELOC different lender types any last parting words in regards to uh, something that you might uh, wanted to have touch on in this episode that would be impactful for the people listening I just don't think you'll get this level of advice from most institutions Right. So like, it's just so important that you work with a broker that has your best interests in mind. I really don't think that most, even there's probably a ton of mortgage brokers that would never go this in depth and, and help you try to pick the right product that is not going to cost you a ton of money down the road. Right. Yeah. I think for me, it would just be honestly just repeating myself uh, in regards to what the bank is, is looking out for. And they're looking out for the best interest of them and the profitability of their institution and that they're going to sell you a product that makes the most sense for them. Um, so educating yourself, knowing what to, you know, what's going to be important for you, where, what the cost is working with a, you know, a broker, honestly, a broker that is looking out for you, uh, is, is the key, key, uh, piece for me. And remember looking at your total cost, your overall situation, not ignoring the interest rate because that's a factor, but cash flow, all these different factors need to come together to create the trifecta as to how you pick your overall mortgage products. Again, thanks so much for listening, guys. This is the YBR Remo Show. This is Alex, Dean, and Derek at uh, Thrive, Thrive Mortgage Co. Can't talk anymore. Uh, have an amazing day. Make it a good one, and we'll see you on the next one.